Why is it every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know, why don't you know just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast, your home for in-depth news discussions, reviews, and deep dives into movies, television shows, and music, with a special emphasis on diversity and the Black experience. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts can be found. And you can also find us on all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast or at our website, SSNPodcast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. We are here today to review the Netflix four-part miniseries, When They See Us, directed by Ava DuVernay and a adaptation of the story of the Central Park Five based on a true story where five teenage boys in New York City were coerced into admitting to a violent rape they did not commit. They ended up spending years and years of their um, lives in jail as a result in prison. And the toll it took upon them and how they overcame that hardship. Uh, I am here with Ali. First, first, uh, into the microphone. First, first, a blessing over this recording. Vibes into the room. Because because we're gonna need a lot of that for um for yeah. Brandon, this was this was a lot to take in. Oh. I just wanna I just wanna, you know, preface what we're about to talk about. This was this was a lot. Yeah, so this miniseries. Um, it works best hand-in-hand with either articles about or um, the Ken Burns documentary on the Central Park Five because we'll talk about it. There are some things that they didn't cover because the focus of the miniseries is basically about the five boys. It's about them as characters, as people. And a lot of the things that didn't involve them, we only see glimpses of. But that involved their case. Like it's about them and their families, basically. It's sort of kind of it's what Ava DuVernay does best. It's focused on the human element of the black experience. Yep. Um, the miniseries, I want to get names of everybody who plays everybody. Um, so basically, you have uh, the, the some of the actors are divided into their young versions and their older versions. Right. So so I'll first I'll go over the actual people, the the actual um, guys. Yes. The five guys. So we have the f- actual five bo- um, men. They're men now, obviously. Right. Uh, Kevin Richardson, uh, Antron McCray, McCr- McCrary. McCray, not McCrary. Oh, Mc- yeah, McCray. Uh, Corey Wise, Youssef Salam, and Raymond Santana. Raymond Santana Jr. Jr. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because his father's, his father's name is Raymond as well. Yeah. Right. And then the actors who um, played them, um, Kevin Richardson... Um, his his young the younger version of him was played by Asante Black, 
and the older version of him was played by Jovan Adepo. And oh, no, for... no, you got it mixed up. Uh, Justin Cunningham plays the adult Kevin Richardson. Oh, whoops, my bad. I got it. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, 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 for example, you, uh, yeah, so Yusuf Salam was played by, the older version was played by, sorry, the younger version was played by Ethan Harris, and the older version was played by Chris, is that Chal? Chris Chalk. Chalk? Oh, Chris Chalk. Write that down properly. And Antron McCray, uh, the younger version was played by Khalil Harris, and the older version was played by Jovan. Uh, is then you have Jovan Adepo. Yeah, yeah. And then who we know from uh, Fences and from the, the Jeffersons uh, special last week. And um, uh, you have Raymond Santana was played by the younger version, played by Marquise Rodriguez, and the older was played by Freddie Me. Miar. It would be Miares. Me, hang on. How did I not write this properly? Oh yeah, Miares. Yeah, and then uh, the last person, uh, Corey Wise. Well, wasn't Corey Wise played by um? Corrupted by Jarrell Jerome all the way throughout. Jarrell Jerome, you remember as teenage Kevin from Moonlight, right? Yeah. And it's funny how interesting he played both the older and the younger. Yeah, version. he's because he's the only one who. He, he was the oldest of the boys. Mm. And so they cast somebody who could look young and old. And all he has to do is just minimal makeup to kind of age him up just a little bit. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, Linda Fairstein, the prosecutor, the infamous prosecutor. Was who is getting canceled after all these years. She just, she's been out here thriving, honey. Yeah. Um, so she's being... Um, um, she's being played by by another Felic- by somebody else is also being canceled. Yeah, by Felicity Hoffman, um, um, which whom you may remember from the the scandal, the um, the SAT scandal the, for paying somebody to take to take the SAT for her children and her raising their grades. Yeah. So, so yeah. So this there's a lot going on here. Um, Brandon, there were uh, a slew of other characters. Do you want to wait to talk about them later on, or do you want to call them out now? Um, so how we will cover this is we'll set up because I, I will be talking about sort of kind of the show and the real life. We'll be mixing them together because I know nothing. I don't think that's inherently like flagrant as far as like factual errors that I saw from what we know, basically. I mean, we'll, we'll just be filling in details, really, is what we'll be doing. And But we'll, after we set up the whole thing, we'll, we'll, I think the best thing to do is take it one character at a time. Obviously, leaving Corey Wise for last. Because mm-hmm. he's the one who basically got his own episode. for Because he was he served in adult prison as a child. Um, and when we do that, we'll discuss the actors who are involved in each character's each like each each boy and man's life at that point. All right. So the miniseries, of course, directed by Ava DuVernay, uh, photographed by Bradford Young, who also shot Selma for her. And it was written by Ava DuVernay and a team that included Julian Brees, Robin Sicord, Swickord. Attica Locke and Michael Starberry. Shout out to Attica Locke because she used to write on fucking Empire. <laughs> she she moved up in the world, didn't she? But we all gotta start someplace. 
All right. So we basically start with the first episode. It's 1989, April. And, you know, we meet these five kids and they're just sort of, they're kids. They're just, they're doing kid shit. They're hanging out. And they, they all decide. Because they don't, only two who know each other are Corey and Yusef. The rest don't really know each other at all. Yeah. And so they end up, they just, they go out, hang out at the park. And like, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people at the park, including a lot of like dudes who are just out there kind of acting the food and everything. And like, yeah, everyone's, har- everyone's just kind of cutting up. Just, yeah. You know. Like harassing like the uh, white people who are riding the bicycles. And they see one white, one white guy get jumped underneath a bridge and they all start like sort of kind of start going the opposite direction. Then the police come. They start gathering people and they start just arresting like random boys. Including um they um was it Kevin was the one that they beat across the face? Um the the uh hang on. It's the first one. The, it's Kevin. Yes, Kevin. Yeah. yeah. But the police literally beat Kevin across the face and get yeah. this this hard looking scar on his face. Like, and so what ends up happening is that that same night, a white woman is always a white woman. Always. Um, was jogging in the park and she got raped and assaulted and beaten to the point where she had lost her memory and some of her motor skills. Mm. And so when they first bring these boys in, they bring them in as witnesses. They're thinking they could hit you as witnesses to the um the rape. But very quickly, um, Miss Linda Fairstein decides that she's gonna like, cause like the date, the times like they're in the park at like nine and they get arrested. Then the rape happens, they think at ten, mm-hmm. and so they just they decide they're gonna push up the time the rape might have happened, and they're going to try to pin on one of the boys as a suspect because they basically the whole her like Linda's whole thing is that you know. You know, we just we just shrug off things in this city, this fucking city. So I'm not she, letting it go this time. We're gonna pro- we're gonna get when he sells the bitches. One of them had to do it. Yeah, she's she's on she's on she's trying to satisfy some kind of a like personal agenda. Yeah, you know, maybe she has some kind of she's it's almost it, the move, the TV show makes it seem as if she's on like a personal crusade to sort of cleanse the New York City, New York City, like that. So yeah, she was she was the, um, the prosecutor that was in charge of sex crimes, basically. Right. Um. So, um. I, I, when I I read that it was specifically crimes against children and women. Mm. Yeah. And so, so what, she was, which is which is you know the funny which is not funny. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. What I mean to say it's interesting to note that um and I did not know this until I read upon this case that. Part of this case was the influence behind Law and Order, the TV show. Yeah, they based her character. Her character is the basis for Law and Order. Which one's the SVU? SVU because SVU Special Victims Unit. That's the one that does all sick um, crimes against women and children. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but how do we feel about? <laughs> yeah, it's so. All right, I have to. I after again, you know. Whoever is the casting director on this, pretty good job. Pretty good job with casting um, Felicity Felicity Hoffman as as Miss Fairstein because I've seen Felicity Hoffman um, in in her previous roles play women of a certain um, a certain agenda, mm-hmm. and that that can be that can skew very problematic. 
um, particularly the last time I saw her was in the ABC show um, um, American Crime, right? Um, where it was an anthology series, and where she the last time she played a, a principal of a of a high school that um, was willing to do whatever it takes to sort of preserve the name of the high school, even if it meant even if it meant ignoring like um, like a, a hate crime that happened um, to a student at the school and, and that sort of thing. Or even like other stuff, other kind of abuse that may ha- be happening behind closed doors at the school that you don't know. So I'm used to seeing Felicity Hoffman like this is what I'm trying to say. Mm. But, but man, there was like a renewed and an, almost like an upgrade to the kind of distaste I have for the character that she played here because they made it very clear that 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 um, character, the, sorry, the, the the person that she's portraying, they made it very clear from the the um, the TV show the, that she doesn't care about the human element at all. <laughs> she doesn't care about she doesn't care about you know who she might be affecting, who she might be um, you know sending to to their to their demise or whatever. Her concern is that you know people in this city are too complacent. People in this city are are too concerned about carrying on in their lives. And when crimes happen, they are quick to to, um, either uh, turn a a blind eye or wrap up something very quickly without actually solving or actually like championing the, the, the cause, right? And the way she, the way she, literally like in you know went through the process of like um manipulating thinking of ways to manipulate the evidence mm-hmm. and to think of ways how am i going to coerce these kids into talking what do i do right the way she they, they portrayed her doing that man it was it was very hard to watch it was very hard to watch Brandon. right because so. it was it, i mean she was literally like a fairy creating things out of thin air. Oh yeah, yeah. Because and 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 the funny thing is that they they clearly showed that the uh, investigators that she was working with, they themselves the actual um, data um, collectors and whatnot, they themselves are presenting her with what they have so far, and there's there's no there's no connection. Right. They tell you that the guys the boys were picked up in the park at this time. They tell you that the crime that the crime seemed to from evidence happen at that time it it's it's very obvious to us from the the viewers that one of the guys that they one of the boys that they brought in he has nothing to do with the crime he, the only reason that he tagged along right Corey. the only reason that Corey is in the in the station is because he didn't want yusuf to go to the police station alone because his mother was Wasn't, still at work right so he wanted to come along so that way he'll wait there while they question yusuf and then when his mother comes along then he could feel his mother in and what's going on right but then Corey gets roped in to all of this. And as you know, they, they're basically trying to figure out a way. Um, Felicity Hoffman's cat, um, you know, the person that she's portraying, she's trying to figure out a way to get all these boys to 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 confess. And the way they're gonna do that is by basically scaring them into thinking, into, into thinking that hey, there are other people 
on the other side of this wall who are basically riding you out. Yeah. What they basically do is they coerce each boy into, if they aren't going to accuse themselves... At least implicate the others. Implicate the others. Because, like, they got Corey Wise to accuse himself. Yeah. They got him literally saying that he raped a woman. Even though he wasn't even there. Because basically, like, it was a whole thing, like, you know, like, if you just say this, you'll just be a witness and you don't get to go home. And it was the same thing they told um, Antron McCrary. And the worst part of that whole thing is, like, watching his father. His father played by Michael K. Williams from The Wire. Mm-hmm. Oh, and God. the dad, like, because the dad had gone to jail before. And he was terrified of um, basically, like, what would happen if, you know, they, 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 he thought they, they basically told him that they would try to make him lose his job if he didn't cooperate. And so he basically screams down his son and tells him to lie. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's just this terrifying thing. Yeah, because the father is caught in a, in a really hard spot right here. Right. right. Because you know your son. He 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 kind of, He I barely mean, knows what sex is, yeah. but sort of kind yeah. of the way his actions and, and things are going. And the way um the way uh, and um the way he's he's the way he's portrayed in the in the show is that he's he's not a very um um he's not a very present person. Like he's his um personality is not something that's boisterous, loud, energetic, whatever. He's right. very he's very um he seems a bit of an introvert. Right. Right. And so. It's very clear to us, the audience as well, that this kid, he's not even capable of talking to girls. Right. Much less, much as even trying to like even force himself on somebody, much less even still knowing how sex works. Right. So the idea that they somehow forced his father into, into basically forcing his son to just say that you were at least present and just just lie about the other boys on the grounds that if you don't do that your son might stay here longer may go to prison and also your employment is also at jeopardy right or in jeopardy excuse me and also they made it very clear throughout the entire interrogation process the majority of these boys they do not know each other exists. Right. They don't, they've never, they may have seen each other in the past. They're being fed names. Yeah, they just have names. And something that keeps on recurring through, through that episode is just, who is this guy? Who? I don't know this person. I don't know who you're talking about. Who is this person? And they keep saying that. And I think it's really effective in, in that scene um, to, to really drive home the fact that these boys are just confused. They're, They're just very there. confused. I, I was I was scanning through the episode to check to make sure I had like which um happen, which kid happened like so we we talked about Antron and like sort of kind of Chris went through the same thing uh and then and Raymond as well because like they they kept trying to throw out Raymond they had no idea what the Raymond was we talked about Corey Yusef was the one who like because um because uh, Kevin got his mom got his sister to sign. His um, his waiver of his rights, right? And because Yusef, he had an ID that said he was sixteen because he doctored it because he wanted to impress girls, but he's actually was fifteen, right? And so he had signed a thing 
But his mom pulled him out of there. It was like, no, that's not, we're not raping anything. Basically, like, it was like, and the funny thing is that she uses that, that what she did to sort of kind of lord it over the other women. Right. In episode two, where it's like, you know, Yusuf's case isn't like the rest of y'all's. We didn't, he didn't say anything on um, anything like that. Uh, she's played by uh, uh, Anjanu Ellis, um, Sharon Salam. She, Anjanu Ellis has been to a bunch of things. She's mm-hmm. a very, very good, very popular actress. She did a really good job. Yes, she did. There, there are no bad jobs in this, in this mini Oh, yeah. So, let's, let's be clear. Everybody did great. I felt, I genuinely felt that this is a mother concern because she right. stormed into that station, Brandon, and I just knew. I knew she was... Like she a was, hurricane. Yeah, I knew she was about to get her son up out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was going to take, she was going to, she was going to do. She was going to do it. And um, I really liked, because she confronted... Um, Felicity Hoffman's character, like straight up in the face, mm-hmm. it was like shame on you, yep. shame on you for for doing that to those to um to to him and to those boys. And then she walked up, but, but mind you, the mother at this point she doesn't know the extent of the damage right. that was already caused. Right, because I mean they already have like tape. Yeah, they already tape like that. that. Yeah. And so episode two is the trial, basically, and. How far did it begin with the Donald Trump shit? It was very early in the episode. If it didn't begin, I'm about to pull it up right now to double check. Sure. But let's talk about that. So the Donald Trump thing. So uh, Donald Trump, as who you guys might know as being the person pretending to be the 45th president of the United States of America, who basically is just an embarrassment to humanity, Americans. To the office. The office. Suits. White people, just in general. Um, he, back in 1989, went on all these interviews and things, basically, to campaign and lobby for the Central Park Five, as they became known to be called, to be given the death penalty. Crazy. 15-year-old boys. You don't even know the details of the case Except for what's being presented to you. When has that somehow, ever stopped her from being yeah, a bitch? Yeah, but somehow, <laughs> but somehow you thought it, you thought it, um, put, um, you know, pertinent for you to go on on TV and to to you know, right, putting that that um, thing in the newspaper and a, a full page ad in multiple newspapers, four New York newspapers. He put this ad in. Um, and the, I mean, we'll get to it, but the. The most terrible irony of that is that you accuse these boys of being sexual predators and they become, and at least one of them becomes a victim as a result. Right. Which is just, and they're talking about on the news about how they come from a terrible world without fathers and with welfare and drugs and guns and ignorance and things like that. And just, and they were out there wilding, which is just, the, well, white, people, white people love when they learn a black term. Um, Although they, they, they're they saying now that they might have just miswritten down somebody saying something about doing the wild thing or whatever like that. But, like, whenever white people say, here's something they think they think relates to niggas and does they, they psychoanalyze it as special about it, like, with, like on fleek, remember that? Like, there's always, like, a special, like a special report, like CBS. You know, and all this other kind of stuff. You know, they... They go overboard. That was the thing from back then. It was the wilding and the wolf pack were like the two terms that were associated with this case. Mm-hmm. They touch on Ava actually lightly touches on both of those. It isn't 
dwell on it the way that the news dwelled on them. Because they're trying to, what is wilding? They're just going out and just, just assaulting white people. That's what they mean. Just these wild boys, this, this wolf pack of wild boys. Because wolf pack, obviously, they're relating black people to being animals and out of control and mm-hmm. grouping together to cause mayhem and mischief and destroy white society, you know. And just... And basically, as you'll see as the series progresses, they, you know, the media tainted the images of these boys so much to the point where everybody, 80% of people, black, white, and otherwise, thought they were these rapists. Yeah. Like, and they did this thing to this woman. And the thing was, they were taught, they, so they got the lawyers, and, you know, that everybody could afford what they could afford. They got the hookups, whatever, like that, as best they could. Um, the one lawyer, uh, the one that um, Raymond Santana got, um, uh, I don't know if it actually happened in real life, but in the, in the, in the show, he peed. He was... <laughs> he was good. I was like, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. But then one of them got like a divorce lawyer because everybody couldn't afford like a good like... Defense. Defense term attorney. And what killed me though was like one of them hired like a white dude and the white dude and the pro- and like the... um. The, the prosecuting attorney played by Vera Farmiga from the Conjuring movies, they were like buddies. They were homies. They were like, just give them a fair trial. Okay? Just, just, fair, fair, okay? just any, this is not just any white dude. This is Joshua... Joshua Jackson. Jackson. Sir, from... From... From very... This is, this is seasoned actors, sir. Okay. Not just right. anybody. I don't know who Joshua Jackson is. Tell me. Mighty Ducks. Oh. The titular character... He's, besides, the, he's the Mighty Duck? This is the titular character of the Mighty Ducks? Besides, um, besides Emilio Estevez. Emilio Estevez. <laughs> right? This is also this is also Pacey from I Don't Wanna Win. For our lives to be over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sir. This is Dawson's Creek. Okay, all right, okay. all right, all right. Also from Fringe. Okay. On Fox. Okay. So. so. But yeah, I, like... The car- it just shocked me how buddy buddy they were. You're supposed to be fighting for these boys' reputation to get them not to go to jail for committing rape that they commit, but you and the prosecutor, y'all basically are like, 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 hey, bitch, how you doing? What's going on, well, girl? I, mean, I didn't know. I didn't get that. What I got was from that. One. They were a little bit. They were too friendly for my taste. What given I got the situation. From, no, what I got from that was he knows he knows that she is she is somebody. She's a um. She's a judge who is. She's not a judge. She's she's a, she's a she's a prosecuting. Well, attorney. sorry, sorry, my bad. She's a she's a prosecutor who is um like extremely hard ass. Like right. she's quick to she's quick to to basically um you know. Uh, but Ali, the, my, my my point is that they're having secret white meetings. No, don't no, don't do that, Brennan. Don't. They do that. are. No, don't do that. Don't do that. He he knows her. He knows that this is the kind of person that she is. Uh-huh. So he goes to me and he's like, "Hey, I know who you are. These are not the kind of these are not the kind of people that you want to put in prison. They're not that kind of guy. I know you're you're I know that you're you're gung ho about sticking uh, filling up the prisons as much as possible. But these boys, you didn't get the vibe that they were that they knew each other beforehand and they were at least cordial." Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I got that. That made, my, they, that made my stomach sick. No, 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 no. Dude, like, people, they're in law. They know, they're they're in the law field. They okay. know each other. Right. That's what I got from it. It wasn't like, ooh, you know, we used to, 
we used to like throw back drinks back in the day. No, I go up the fact that, hey, I've gone up against you before and I know your ass, right? This isn't whether in the past you and I, the cases that, that I presented, that you um, sort of defended or whatever, whether or not I was right or you were wrong, whatever, that's in the past. I'm telling you, no, these boys, they're innocent. You need to you need to chill with all that bullshit. Right. That's what I got from it, right? And she was just like, hey, if the evidence presents itself, hey, then they're... they're I mean, I'm just going to... I'm, I'm going to go in. That, he's just like, bitch. hey, you know... I've met with these. I've met with these parents. I've met with these boys. These are not rapists. Right. These are not rapists. So that that was his thing. He he was trying to, and honestly, he shouldn't because that's not what he should be doing. You shouldn't. He was trying to go ahead of the of the actual like trials and whatever, and he was trying to sort of like rub the cat the right way right. to be like, hey, like you don't have to, you know. You don't have to, you know, be so so aggressive with this particular case. Obviously, it had no effect whatsoever. But I'm just saying, I do not think this is one of those things where it's like, you know, hey, we're we're in the, you know, we're in like some kind of a white gang, what whatever. You're giving them a lot of credit, like really, after watching this, can't give the the real people. Yeah, yeah. I, mind you. Okay, again, but, but let, again, let's, let's the dramatization, a dramatization. Yeah. So yeah, we, but let's yeah. let's move forward. Yeah. Though. So the uh, so Yusef's mother's church posts his bail. The other kids are still in jail. If I'm, if I'm understanding correctly, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they they're bet, holding, you know? holding. And Corey, yeah, they're in holding jail, holding cells. And Corey is in adult jail. Like he's not in juvenile detention. The rest of them. Because the rest of them are under are fifteen, and he was sixteen. Right. And so the trial starts up, and at first they're like, "Well, I don't think the lady." And they're watching the Donald Trump thing, of course. Right. They and, made they, yeah. They made a they Ava DuVernay um, made a point to make um, make us feel bad that this nigga's president because he's she's like. Oh, yeah. They need to get that big off the TV. Don't worry, girl. His 15 minutes are already almost up. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, Ava, I felt the knife. I, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, oh, child. <laughs> Ava. Ava, like, protect Ava at all costs. Can we can we get security on her? Can, like, security detail, like, just, like, yeah. surround her constantly? Because because that is that is shots fired. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not, she's not, um, Ava's not being subtle at all about you know his his involvement in this in right. this case, and, the and thing how was... it relates to our present day, um, you know, issues with him. Yeah, this is what he does. He's stupid and dumb, and he he sows seeds of hate. And it's like we're supposed to be okay with this and try to normalize this sort of thing. No, we, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. It just isn't. And if you're somehow listening to this and you somehow you voted for Trump or you were a Trump supporter. Suck a dick. Actually, no. No, because he, he wouldn't like that. Uh, I, I almost want to be like Whitley's mama and say what she said, but I can't do that. Um, somebody will sue me. Uh, it's just, you're evil. That's it. That's good enough for me. You're evil. And you should not have any of the things. And so the white lady who um, got raped comes into the um, the trial as a witness, limping down the aisle. Like, you know, because, you know, and everything just, but she can't remember what happened. 
and she's saying she's lost her memory. So she basically just up there to get the sympathy of the jury, really. Like, oh, this poor white flower. Yeah, so delicate. Yeah. Um, people, it, problematic people, problematic people online have said things like, and I hate when people say stuff like this. Why was she jogging at that time of night? Because she fucking wanted, listen, and that's part, I mean, like, she, Guys, she deserves to have a, a idea of safety to exercise. I can walk out of my house butt-ass naked. That doesn't mean I'm asking to be assaulted. Right. Okay? So that kind of line of thinking, not cool people. So if she wanted, you should be able, in an ideal world, you should be able to just put on your jogging shoes and your shorts and your shirt, so, um, throw in your Walkman, uh, get, pick up your Walkman and um, start jogging out the house, go to a park, a public park. A public park. That is lit and, and jog around. You should be able to do that without fear of being assaulted. No, mind you, obviously, you, you know, it is now your personal responsibility, however, to um, to you know be careful to take necessary steps because you know that that's you do not live in an ideal world. I mean, it's, not, it's, not, it's, it's, it's a good suggestion. However, right, responsibility is on the person who attacks you. Right, but it's but that's not saying that she in any way deserves what happened to her. Right. Right. So all that stuff I see online, people going like, well, you know, she shouldn't have been, um, you know, jogging at that time of night anyway. You, sh- you, you, know, you should be home. Like, no, stop that. Stop all that, please. Yeah. That, yeah. That's all I have to say on that. Yeah. And so the problem with the case is that none of the physical evidence matches because like they have her shirt and her shoes and they're soaked in blood so much that they're different, they're different colors. And they found a sock with semen in it. And none of the DNA or anything matches. None of the boys have blood in their clothes. And so it becomes a thing where they have to lean on the tapes. The lawyers are trying to get the tapes thrown out of court because they, you know, they're, they were coerced. The boys were coerced into saying these things by police officers, basically, who are beating them and, you know, threatening them and everything and giving them false hopes of being able to go home without anything happening to them. Um... But apparently the jury, it turns out they interviewed the jury later and said that the, jur- the jurors weren't impressed by the tape so much as they just were. They just thought that the boys were guilty because they just thought they were guilty. Um, but they do play the tapes in court and everything. And what ends up happening is that everyone's trial, like they also, the other the sort of thing they do in order to try to facilitate guilty um, verdicts is... They split the trial into two. They were trying off. They were originally trying all five boys at once. Instead, they're going to go three, two, and split them apart, which is what works for them. And so, all five boys get found guilty of some of the charges, and they end up going to prison. To the four, the four younger ones go to juvenile detention until they turn twenty-one. And then Corey ends up going to adult adult prison. So when they get out, we'll sort of kind of cover each one individually at this point. So we'll start with uh, with Antron because he like like he um he is visited by his mom mostly when he's in in um locked up. Mm-hmm. 
Like, his dad doesn't really come. Because the dad basically left the family during the right. trial. Because, like, he was, in, I guess, A, he was embarrassed probably what he did, and B, I think he was also embarrassed that his son, he asked, I think he started to believe the media. They, they don't put it out for you right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not, street. yeah, it's not explicitly but said. It, it's in his acting that I think feel like he thought that he, that his son might have been guilty. And he gave a terrible testimony on the witness stand oh. where he talked about how he threw the chair and everything and how, he, yeah. like, you know, like, you can believe my son. Yo, um, what he says, fortunately, we have his words right here on the tape. No further questions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, they. Uh, well, actually, he was led. Yeah, he was. He was oh, he was led. led. He was led. He was led. But it but uh, but the, it but, broke. but the but the son warned him beforehand, mm-hmm. be careful with what you say, because this is my life. Yeah. And also I have never seen a, a, a young child screaming at a black daddy like without being before. without getting but, his entire face punched in. Off. Not even in, just off, just on the ground, cracked. But uh, but I mean, I mean, he deserved it. But <laughs> I had to rewind that scene twice. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the idea that you got away with that without 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 being bloodied up—that's good on you. That's a bro. miracle. That's yeah, that is a miracle. But right. that broke my heart. The the father, the way the father acted, because it's you infer that from um, him, his acting outside in public, it seems that he is listening to reports in secret at work. Right? right. It looks like as if he's avoiding actually being seen with the son in public, mm-hmm. like not ever showing up to um, the, the, the trial. trials or maybe showing up at the end and in an alleyway to put him in a car, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. You know, it's very obvious that he is he is embarrassed and perhaps because he himself had a criminal past, maybe right. he wants to distance himself yeah, he, he from felt, it as he said, well. He said basically that so, it was his fault. Right. So he started thinking that maybe it's because of, yeah, him, yeah, because his criminal maybe he started, because some people actually believe that, hey, maybe this is something that's just innate. It right. just gets passed on. Right. You know? So Antron gets out and he's grown now. He's played by Jovan Adepo. And he comes home and he discovers that the mom has let the dad move back in because he's got some sort of like health, like, or I guess like there's actually a slew of health issues. Yeah. It's not just one because he's got like water. He's, he's got kidney failure. He's got like bad respiratory water in the heart. Like basically, he came. The mom came. Um, let him come to see her one day and found out how bad bad shape he, she was doing and let him back in. He, uh, Tron feels like the like he's that his dad is using his mom. That's why take care of him in his poor, failing health and doesn't really care. Then dad is trying, you know, his best to try to. Like, we should talk. He's, you know, painfully making himself, making his son lunch and everything, just trying his best. And, you know, Antron's not hearing any of it. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, it's it's tough to watch because things are, things that are, are not black and white. Right. On one hand, I feel for the the son mm-hmm. because, man, I went to, I went to juvie. Right. For all this time because of, of A, because you forced me to to, to, lie. to to lie, and then then you really effed up that that witness stand. Yeah, and um, you never came um, to see me. You never, you never came to see me at all. And now all of a sudden, because you have failing health and because you need someone to help you, that's why it seems like from his perspective, now you need help. Now you want to talk. Right. What if the tables? What if it was a different circumstance? What if you were just fine? Right. Would you have come back and tried to be in my life? Right. So is that he gets a job at a 
All right, what I assume is a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like they, even though I, you know, you saw, you saw was I see popcorn. popcorn and video games, you saw it under um, their tags that they had like little movie theater reels on them. Yeah. And the girl in the movie theater from Louisiana, him and her started dating. Mm-hmm. But she's mad because he won't ever go out with her. It's obvious he's avoiding public places. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to be identified in public. Mm-hmm. And so she breaks. He breaks up with her, and she like, whoa, whoo, she unloaded. She's like, "Ah, that's what you do to girls. You are a fucking rapist." Yeah, because because it's because she eventually finds out. Well, she he. Uh, it's clear that he told her. It's clear that we don't see it. Oh wait, but could have dated for they dated for months. Yeah, because yeah, there's a time lapse. Yeah, like like time like because she met she mentions his time in jail. Yeah, so they dated. She found she he told her who she who he was and yeah, they talked because, about it because out. her issue is that I know who you are I don't have a problem with it why just take me out somewhere public oh and she had a, she was lying she had a fucking problem oh she had a problem with it she definitely did she's just trying to but but she's just like hey I want to be treated like everybody like the other girl like I want to be treated like a girl who has a boyfriend right I want to be I want to be taken out somewhere I want to be seen. You know, that sort of thing. And he's, you could, the way that he's being portrayed is that he's not a pro, he's not a bad guy. He's not a problematic guy. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to balance that sort of, you know, I don't want to be seen public. I don't want to cause any kind of problems. But on the other hand, you're really forcing me. And I've, I've made it very clear that this is how things are. Right. And then, you know, they finally breaks up and then she, you know, she she basically just Unloads. explodes. Yeah, there's a scene where And it and just and it just made me it just, that tore me to pieces because you could tell that he had obviously trusted her right. with intimate details about his life. And to have it thrown in your face like that, you know, um, it's just it's terrible. Right. Eventually Antron has to save his father from like he basically fell out of his bed. Yeah, yeah. So he, yeah. The, 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 then the subsequent scene is is very interesting too because he comes home after this, right? Uh-huh. And then he sees the father struggling, and he, you know, I think at that point, am I right to assume that he has a change of heart? Yeah, he has a change of heart. That's what the scene you is. You know, because he feels like as if okay, yes, yes, I've been wronged by this man in the past, but he's still my father. He's still my father, and he is trying. Right, he's trying. Let me give him a chance. Right. Which is interesting because now it's supposed to contradict, not really contradict, but you compare it to the other scene where it's just like, here's a stranger whom I've let in and this is what she does to me. Right. And so the father eventually passes away during mm-hmm. the course of the, of the miniseries. Um, but yeah, like it's great performance by Michael K. Williams. So, okay, let's go next to, uh, to Kevin. Mm-hmm. Who... You know, he goes away to... He has, like, 900 sisters. <laughs> and his mom. Because <laughs> um, he has the one sister who told a story about going out. But she works at, like, the, the rent-a-car place. And she um, gave the car to the cute dude and was like, I'm talking about you. The thing is, um, happiness. How you, how you can keep your mind fresh in jail, basically. Mm-hmm. Is ha- having something to look forward to in life, and so she told a story about how she she told the story about how she looked forward to, you know, giving the seeing the guy again that she rented the car to, and eventually, 
that she eventually went out with him. At first, she didn't want to go out with him because her brother was in jail and she didn't feel like she deserved to be happy. But her and the mom basically talked it out and she turned that around and decided, you know, it's perfectly fine. Her And the mom's like this like nice like church deaconess, uh-huh. very polite and like smiley. Uh, and so... So eventually Kevin gets out and he ends up working sort of kind of like cleaning, uh, cleaning basically, yeah. cleaning jobs, uh, yeah. cleaning jobs. And he goes to, well, I guess it's some sort of like a parolee. Is that like a group? Um, what Maybe that's to help them transition into... It seemed like some sort of a thing where they might be able to like either get off parole or get time off like by serve by being in the group. Ah, uh, yeah. But they want them to they keep wanting them to admit to their crimes. Yeah. And because he meets Yusef at one of them. Right. And he's like, this is probably the only place we'll be, ever be able to hang out because we're both committed felons. Mm-hmm. We can't associate otherwise. Mm-hmm. And then neither of them will do it so they both get kicked out. And so like um Yeah, that's that's you know you know the crazy thing is when when for some reason, I got this weird vibe of um, from that sort of um, group uh-huh. thing. For some reason, it it made me think of like conversion therapy. It felt like conversion therapy. To be honest with you, it was it was really weird because the the woman literally said, "Are you ready to first? The first step is to admit your crime." And it's like, "But what if I'm innocent? Right. Like, is there no what's what's the next <laughs> what's the logic gate here? Like, if if commit crime, confess. If not commit crime, there's no so, there's no logic gate for that one. Right. You just <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly fucked up. Yeah. Uh, Yusef himself, he while he was inside, basically associating himself with the other Muslim people inside. You know, mm-hmm. in jail, they, like people tend to congregate with each other for right. strength in numbers and everything. Right. So religious, religious um things, for example, like this, they look out for their own. Right. So the brothers of Islam. Right. And so they can basically kept him safe in there and like, mm-hmm. mom encouraged him to study and pray and everything like that. And so when he gets out, he like, um, first of all, he has the world's most terrible looking haircut when he first gets out when I land. Uh, <laughs> and he goes to the barbershop and talks to the barber. He says he wants to be a teacher. And the barber's like, well, you can't do that. You can't get a license. Like, you know, they got you, man. You can't get any sort of license for any, any sort of job like that. Once you go in, they got you. But the barber's the like, kind of person, like, he knows, he he's on the side of they didn't do it and everything. Mm. Uh, and so, but Yusuf gets married, like, five months. <laughs> Within five months of being out. Uh, they tell a joke about how, like, the, like y'all go, you know, like, uh, what's you going to do after, you know, you get some, some you know, a girl or whatever, you know, men got priorities. And it's like, oh, y'all Muslim, I'm, my bad, y'all gonna get married first or something, mm. right? <laughs> So I was, I was like, okay, all right, guys, calm down. And Christians supposed to be getting married first, too. But you know, we won't do that. But we're, we're not going to talk about that because that's not the, that podcast. So sure, like, uh, but uh, and Yusef, like, he basically got a job working in IT by lying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he did he had to do because like he had to tell them he could do it and he basically taught himself with some books. Exactly. Uh, and I think his sister, he said his sister got on the computer as well mm-hmm. and everything, but he was maintaining that way. 
those two seemed like I mean it's not it wasn't easy, but they had like seemed like the less the least amount of um pushback of or pushback yeah or any kind of or struggle post um right. post imprisonment. I mean it was still hard. I mean he had the sign as a because they because they, they, they also. Use uh, Kevin's time to show that you know they each had to register as a, as a sex offender, right? Which required them. I didn't even know this part. Every ninety days, they had to come back and re-register for the rest of their lives. Yes, and if they miss one re-registration, they go back. They're they're reincarcerated. Yes. No, my question to you is this: after they got, um, after they they were proven innocent many many years later. Yeah, the, yeah, the, all that, all that, that was, got vanished, right? Yeah, that all got vanished. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, because I, I was I was like, I'm gonna need the whole lot to get Thanos away. Right. Yeah. Right. So so that leads us to Raymond. So Raymond's father, while he was in Juvie, remarried. Right. And married this very young woman named Elena. <sighs> Who has the entirety of her homeland living <laughs> Sir! <laughs> The apartment is so small already. And now you're telling me that all these people are here. All the co- her children and all the cousins are living in the apartment. And- so wait, so they're not so they're not living here. It's just that they're always there. They might as well be living there. They might as well exactly. They might as well be living there. Right. And it's one of those things where, like, personally, this triggered me a lot. Um because I am the kind of person, I don't like crowds. And when I'm at home, I have never liked a bunch of people. Anytime, like, I was the kind of person, whenever there's like family gatherings and whatnot, mm-hmm. I can only take family gatherings for so long <laughs> at my house. After a while, I will I will disappear and I will be found in my room. Because <laughs> I just don't like crowds. So when I see that, him walking around the house and always encountering somebody, no matter where he goes, no matter if it's the restroom, no matter right. if it's the kitchen, no matter if it's what used to be his room. Yeah, which is not a baby's always, room. Yeah, there's always somebody there. I'm like, whew. Yeah, triggered. And, and the dad is trying to sort of kind of make it work, but you can tell he's sort of like his priorities are like split. Yeah. And so Raymond is trying to make this whole thing work. He goes out trying to find jobs mm-hmm. and like he can't find anything because, you know, like... um. Was was did, I think it was his parole officer who explained to him the whole deal with the checking of the boxes and like that. Yes, because like, because like you usually talk about how you know the box and like the incarceration thing and how, but this protects you because you're you know you're uh, I'm a felon. You can't associate with other felons, so if you don't check this box and you am get put on fry shift with this dude on burgers who's also a felon, you will both go to jail. And the same thing with, you know, like the whole, like, um, if you're a sex offender, because, you know, you can't give happy meals to children. You can't associate with any children who are not of your blood relation to you. Right. So basically, by checking this, by checking this, um, by checking this box, when you try to get a job, the bo- the job will know, okay, this is the deal. So he's saying that... He's saying that protects you, but... Okay, so but uh, here's the deal. He's trying to he's trying to turn, he's trying to look at the bright side of it. This right. is the pro officer saying, Yeah, you may think that checking his box is like, you know, like the death penalty. Yeah. But but in a sense it protects you because now it prevents you from accidentally getting Violating pinged for, yeah. you know, yeah. So I was like, wow. I mean, hey, 
you have to look at the upside of some of these situations. I guess. You know, you're in a tight spot, man. I guess. So. Um, and so Raymond meets a young lady named Tanya, played by Aurora um, Perrineau, who is the daughter of Harold Perrineau from The Best Man and from The Matrix 2 and 3. Uh, she was also in Jim and the Holograms. Uh, but she wants to find a place where they can, you know, be grown together. And, and share it, knowledge. Yeah, and, yeah, and apparently it's not Raymond's house because the um, the stepmom comes and causes the scene and k- kicks the girl out of the house and calls her all kinds of sluts. Yeah. And everything. And so eventually he gets to hook up from his friend who um, who's a, like a UP, either UPS or a FedEx um, mm-hmm. driver for a place where they can um, be together. And eventually Raymond turns to the only job he can get, which is selling crack on the street. Yep. Which is which is sad because it it just goes to show you one the comparison with his early life he might have been on a path that would have never put him in that direction right right but a lot of times um, even you know anybody who's being casted when they come out they oftentimes they end up going back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the thing Raymond's father told him like they're counting on you going back in. It's like that won't be me. But it ends up, of course, unfortunately, being him because he starts trying to sell the crack, and he gets arrested. The the mom, the stepmom, uh, um, said that she was going to rat him out. I wonder if she actually did. She probably did. She probably did. She probably did. She didn't want him anywhere near her kids. Right. Um. You know, because she saw him. And she and, called him a rapist and everything. Yeah, because she saw him and she did not believe him. She she she's not here for him at all. Right. So she's probably looking for an excuse to get him as far away from her and her children and her family as possible. Yeah, she has no loyalty to him she's at all. Petty. Yeah. She, she's oh, she's played by the actress who is in Orange is New Black, by the okay. way. Yeah, she's one of the inmates. What's her name? Let's find out her name. Oh, gosh. Shoot. You gotta be on this thing somewhere. Dasha Polanco. Okay, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah I, I heard of her. Yes. Yes. All right. And then, so that leads us to Corey, who most of these stories were wrapped up in episode three. Mm-hmm. Corey's is the entirety of episode four, except for the, the post, the post, um, like the epilogue where they discuss like the, um, how the trials became wrapped up. So Corey is sent to, when he's convicted, he's sent to real prison. Adult prison, yeah. Adult prison at age 16. And, okay, so one was hard to watch. Two was sort of kind of, and this is like the rigmarole of prison is fine. Three was sort mm-hmm. of kind of like more informative than disturbing. Four was like, Four was darn disturbing. Four basically slapped me in the face for like yeah. an hour and a half. Four was gonna be like you. So you wanted. So you you just just so you know that this guy had a hard time in prison. We're gonna just give you a just a little taste. a little taste of how hard his life was. Oh, how hard. The, the, the most fucked up part is as hard as it is to watch. Imagine that was your life for ten years. Yeah, pretty much. Was it ten? Oh, I think it was. No, it was fifteen. He was in jail for fifteen years. He was in jail from yeah. from nineteen ninety until two thousand and four. Oh, 2004? Okay. Yeah, so it's 14, like 14 years. Yeah. 
and every and the way they depicted it, um, obviously it's it's over it's a dramatization, but right. the way they depicted it is that almost every every new every new situation for this guy is it's just worse than the first one. It's just terrible. It just keeps getting worse. It just keeps getting worse and worse. And even the solutions are the solutions are are the better of two evils sometimes. It's just right. So he first ends up in the New York Department of Corrections and where he runs into this terrible... Asshole. This terrible asshole of a um, corrections officer who looks like a fake common. Yeah, he, who, who, who's made it very clear from day one. Let me know if there's anything. Let me know if there's anything you can do for this me. This is a child. That... It, it, it's a, it, it wouldn't be good if it was an adult either. But we're put, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of extra spice to put on that obvious suggestion. And then he locks him in the room with two of the grown men who rape him. Well, I... Was it was it, rape. That was, was rape. I thought, okay, so I thought that it was... That was a rape. I thought it was a beatdown. It, it was both. Okay. Because they call him, they say, they say um, what is they say, um, like... Um, he tells them where they're from. He's like, oh, I heard news from there. It's hoes. You a hoe? So they, yeah. Yeah. Like, like this, a lot of this was, was kind of hard, so, yeah, hard to so, watch. Yeah, so all this in was basically, you know, like he, and the other thing is just like the way that they picked Corey is that they make it seem like Corey's not He's as, not built for jail. Yeah. They make that clear. Yeah, he's just he's, not. He's too... He's like a very hyper sort of energetic, not very well educated, not really yeah. a kid. Like I mean, the they, they say I mean because he basically had, he basically said it like he couldn't read when he was going yeah the he whole, definitely has and it like, correct me if I'm like, wrong but does it did it seem like as if Corey had a learning disability? It definitely like he had a learning disability. Okay, okay. I'm because not sure they, or not. The we way they had, to the way they like, had him. This is a real person. We yeah. To be clear. They, they, the way they, the way they directed him to yeah. act, with the way he, with the way he delivers these lines, mm-hmm. very, very um, skittish. Very, yeah, very, very much skittish. He reminds me of somebody I know. And it, and it just, <laughs> it just the way he, the way he talks, it, it's very careful the, the the words he it's, it looks like as if he's choosing every word right when he speaks and it made me very it really amped up the tension for me whenever he would react to somebody um you know he right. the way he 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 did not pick up on a lot of the situations that were happening to him fast enough right and that was the, that was the to me even though they were inevitable by the way those situations there's nothing you couldn't have gotten out of them anyway right. but i mean he would always, he would always figure out or realize what's about to happen way, way slower than what you were supposed to, like right. a regular person would, and it 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 destroyed me. Honestly, I I could not. I had to pause a lot of times. I, to, I took a break halfway. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I stopped I and watched. Could last night. I was not like, like, I was like Good. every time, and because because that that beat down when he got at first, that was nothing compared to after. Because right. then he would end up in this. There was a situation well, where before we get there, like um, there's a scene with the dude with the dress who tells him about getting a transfer. Right, so, like the whole thing is that you know, like 
if he doesn't like it in one prison, they, he can request a transfer. It'll take a while, like a year or two, but it could yeah. possibly, you know, like maybe you'll get to a better place. And just like the inattention of like the the lady in the infirmary is like, you know, the fuck, like, um, like I, I, the fuck am I supposed to do about it? I did my job. Yeah, it's and so what ends up happening is that because you because you could tell because you could tell in that scene that that prison the way the way the quote unquote program is set up right in in terms of just the inner politics and whatnot that goes on in that um under the surface is that that warden is clearly he's manipulating the entire situation. He right. he is. He clearly has hard for him. Yeah, he clearly has everything under his thumb, even possibly the nurse, because right. she she nervously glances at him yeah. as she's, you know, you know, fix, you know, just tending to him, which tells me that he could make life difficult for her too. Right. If she were to offer any kind of assistance beyond just I'm gonna patch you up and send you on your way. Right. So he's there for a while, but it get, eventually gets to the point where Oh wait, no, he got he got he got to transfer to Attica. That's where he got to transfer to, which is for which is for three hundred miles from home. So the mom comes to see him less. And Attica, though, is like um, the problem. Of course, is that there's way more white people up there. Yeah, and it's, and it's the, like, like I think the, they said it was like Rikers Island, almost like didn't they just say that? No, he's he's in Attica, which is hold on, which I believe is still in New York City, but it's you know. I just know Attica from Dolly Afternoon and, and um, oh boy screaming Attica, Attica, because like there were like r- like riots for like conditions of prisoners that were at Attica at one point. Uh, let's see, yeah, Attica prison riot, Attica Correctional Facility in New York State. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just like further from New York City, way further. And so like the Nazis apparently the ones who beat him up up there, and so. He ends up instead of going to the infirmary, they, he he he, he, he pleads to them to just send him to solitary, right? Because eventually he learns that you know, dude, it, you need to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, because if he goes to the infirmary and like the like the you know the hires find out about it, he'll they'll just kill him the next time. And so like he meets um was it Roberts the white dude who right. sort of kind of becomes his sort of kind of buddy, and then going forward and. He's in solitary confinement for years. Yeah. And like it gets to the point where he starts hallucinating. He starts reliving the like the days leading up to the case. He starts reliving the case. Like he hallucinates like his um his trans, trans his his trans his transsexual sister. Uh-huh. Um who basically was one of the only people who really looked out for him because the mom was sort of kind of touch and go. Right. Like, uh, she, she wasn't the best <laughs> mom. She was she, a very supportive mother. Yeah, she was way worse to the sister who, you know, she kept calling him, you, you ain't a real woman, you and you, um, you know, and everything like that. And, and very, very traditional um, sort of stereotypes in terms of the, you know, our community, yeah. our African-American community, um, you know, in the West, you know, where it's, you know, more, more or less, you know, um, um, keeping things as normalized as well, quote unquote normalized, quote unquote normal as possible. Um, right. Yeah, it's just it's just really bad. And so, of course, it turns out that the sister was um, 
Well, they keep saying the brother, but you know, like um, was murdered. Yeah, um, man, it's just <sighs> it's very, it's a very like hard thing for yeah. for us. Watch, it's a hard thing for him too. Just did the sis- like, did the sister ever um, visit him in prison? No. Okay. Because oh no, because she she got kicked out of the house or right. she left before. Right. Yeah. And the mom asks if um oh. if if she um visited, and mom says no, and. So I was going. To, I was asking you at first. Did his sister um, actually visit him in prison? And you were saying that no. she never did because we were, it seems like the mom never told her that her brother was in prison. Well, she would well, never. She, she, she would have been TV. able to avoid it. Though. Yeah. 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 Um, the flashbacks were um, very telling about the kind of environment that Corey grew up in, mm-hmm. and you know the kind of empathy, the kind of sort of. Um, um, let's see, the kind of, um, sort of, um, not tolerance, but like he, a very accepting personality that he has yeah. by nature, you know, he, he doesn't care. He didn't see, he didn't see his sister as, you know, um, of a, a guy who had turned into a girl right. as the, as the way the mother saw it. it he just saw it as family member, care, care, um, sort of giver, somebody who looks after me, somebody whom I trust. And right. so when they got into it, the mother and the sister, you know, he tried to, you know, try to be the mediator and whatnot, but eventually that fell through right. and, and whatnot. Also, it it is, it we need to also comment on the fact that Corey's mother, you know, she tried to get Yusuf's mother to to send, send Corey him. a letter, which is ill fucking legal, and she had this whole scheme about well, you know, you he sends the letter to me and I send it on to Corey, and, and says, rudely but accurately, I'm not getting a copy of your mess. <laughs> like I get it, like you know, they want the boys to be able to communicate, but you can't do that anymore. It's the problem. It's you know, it's so you know, they're felons. According yeah, to the whole thing. Yeah, and the, the idea that she, she no, no, mind you, though, Yusuf's mother could have handled that a little bit differently. Yeah, she, a lot, she a lot was, nicer. Yeah, she was, again, when it comes, but again, we are not parents. Man, you, your a mother is super protective. Right. And as she should be. I mean, she, had, child. She, she was rude. She was rude. She was extremely rude. She was not wrong, but she was rude. She was rude. She... But she is trying her utmost best to get her child out as soon as possible. I'm mind you, though, my child out. Mind, mind you, Corey is in a way worse mess than Yusuf was. At right. least Yusuf has the brothers of Islam. Right, right. You, um, Corey, on the other hand, is in adult prison. He's in solitary confinement. He's in solitary There's confinement. No air conditioning. No. Oh my God! When I was like. He's gonna die. Right. He's. I mean, and the, there the, were a lot of points during this episode where I, I had to keep reminding myself, Corey Wise is still alive. Yeah, because <laughs> because the way Ava, you know, she shot that in such a way where it's like he's just like they put the camera above head in the cell, and he's just sprawl on the floor, it's mm-hmm. just like just completely numb to everything. Like it's super hot in there because there's no AC. Yeah, but. At this point, he's just like, fuck it, whatever. If you're gonna kill me, just just kill me. Just right. do whatever. 
You and know? so the guard gives him some stuff to read. Right. Uh, he's in there, Sports Illustrates and things like that. Uh-huh. And like, uh, I want to see how far we are from the part that... Um... <sighs> oh, yeah, he talks about how he eventually wants... Um, when he gets out, he's going to get a chia pet because he heard that chia seeds are good for you. Yeah. And so the guard buys Mr. T chia pet. It's, there's so many parts in the solitary confinement scenes where I'm, and I think it's on purpose, uh-huh. where they sort of blur the line between what's reality and, and what's, you know, what's, yeah. what's kind of fake. So sometimes when he's having these conversations, it it seems like he's just delusional. Like, yeah, I heard chia, I heard chia seeds. You know what I mean? Chia, 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 chia. And I was just like, yeah. he's just so he's so out of it. And I'm pretty right. sure the guy can see too. He's completely out of it because he's just right. Right now, he's he's probably dehydrated and everything. Because I mean, you know, they're probably not feeding him the best obviously right. you're in prison. But and so the guard eventually gets him a job cleaning up the um, prison, the common area, the common area, which. He has for quite some time because we go from SWV on the TV to DMX. Uh, and he gets into a fight with a guy in the uh, who's sitting in the comedy. He's not supposed to be in there. Right. And they get into a fight over the volume of the TV. And this is Matthias Reyes. When they said his name, I was like, wait a minute. Which will come up later, of course. I was like, so I, I feel like this might have been staged. Yeah, the, so, there's, the there, so there, here's the deal. In all of prison, uh-huh. this I refuse. That was the one part that I just refuse to believe that coincidence. I, we'll I have to look it up and see whether or not it was on the level or not. But I feel like that was like that was that was dramatic. That's too much. Vices. That's too much of a that's too much of a coincidence. That you fought the guy who just happened to be the actual rapist, right? For to the crime you're wrongfully in prison right. for. And then so similar to Yusef and Kevin on the outside, since Corey won't admit to the crimes, he is not eligible for parole. Right. So every time parole, his parole hearing comes up, are you willing to? Are you ready to admit? And he's like, no, no. Even even to the point where his parole hearing comes up, and he's just like, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah the last time he just doesn't go. He's just not. just tell my Max and whatever. It's fine. I'm gonna serve all the time. And, you know, his mother is so very frustrated because, because he's, he's at, he's the Attica, right? Yeah. And he's so far away from her that she can't, she can't visit him as much. Right. And you can see that this woman is reaching her breaking point where she's, it's just too far for her to travel. And he, the part that really broke my heart, really, if I'm being completely honest, is when they meet each other and he he tries to like tries to reach out to her yeah and, and they're not allowed to and they do you know but then he just ignores the guard and says hey you know grabs both of them actually one guard grabs each of them yeah and away. she's like please 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 write to me please 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 come back please please see please me visit more. see me more please see me more and I'll, I'll show you the part where my heart, bro, is coming up. So he asked for a transfer. He's hoping to get placed in a prison that's closer to New York. He gets mm. sent to Wind um, Correctional Facility instead. Where he gets assaulted again. Mm. And this time he has this he has sadistic-ass black um, correctional officer. Because he nearly dies mm-hmm. this time. 
Here's his release this is a correctional officer who basically is telling him, like, we don't have any stars here. I don't care who you are, if your case is on TV or not, or whatever like that. And he just treats, he's this guy's just a complete dick to him. Yeah. Like the whole entire time. Like, uh Is this the part where Cause he, cause they were like they were fighting him in his they ambushed him in his jail cell and then he's reaching out for the guard on the rails and the guard and the guard beats, beats, yeah, his, beats fingers his fingers off. And, yeah and so he has to be put into solitary confinement again again and like so that he can stay away from not get beat up and this is where my heart broke because he has like this hallucination like what yeah. if you know back when he was um trying to trying to mac on Storm Reed who he, of course Ava put this put her in this because she's the star of um Wrinkle, a wrinkle in time. Uh-huh. Uh, and like, what if I had said no and never went in the first place? And it's this whole fantasy thing where he's a <sighs> teenager again oh and she God. opens up the door and the doors to solitary confinement cells. There's a Coney Island. It's just the two of them and across all the Coney Island. They're having fun and being kids and all that kind of stuff you would never get to experience. And just, I cried real actual fucking tears because that's just... This happened to a actual person. You, yeah, it, it might be dramatized, yes, but it's no, 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 no. The, the, the fact that the idea of that you took away this kid's opportunity to finish out his childhood while your white children are running around smoking weed and doing crack and acting a fool and mooning people in fucking college, he's in jail, suffering, adult jail, suffering. Just. I just, yeah, I because I, I, I literally said to myself, Ava better not open up this goddamn door and actually leads to Coney Island. And she opened up the door, and I was like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Yeah, she she really she really did the damn thing with this. I was like, wow. and the fact that it's empty, yeah, just yeah, this it's just the two of them. How do you clear out Coney Island? I don't know, but just, <laughs> honestly, honestly, that's just she really she really pulled on the heart, yeah. all the heartstrings, yes. There, it it upset me because it upset me especially when it was it was that scene prior to him being beaten is when isn't that when he isn't that when um he gets transferred to to that place mm-hmm. right and then when they approach him is that when he says you don't have to hurt me yeah yeah when he gets jumped and, and then the, and he reaches out for the guard after he's getting jumped and the guard knocks his fingers off okay yeah yeah. Because I think he was trying to plead to them, like, you know, like, I'm not... Wait, no, there's something he they accused him of. And he's trying to plead that, no, you don't have to do this. You don't have to... But I, I'm try, I'm blanking on what it, exactly... It, it happened more than once. So that's probably why they're running together. Okay, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm blanking on it. But his cries of pleading are, like... This character is like this. This actor is really good at just the, the desperation in his voice. Yeah, is is. I don't know. It's just it's just me personally. Like it's like I, I get really, that that really affects me. That really triggers me. Like when I I hear somebody like that, like I just know that no one's gonna come to his help. No one, mm-hmm. even the people who are tasked to, to like guarding and making sure that you know everything, everybody's following the rules and whatnot. I mean. Right. Yeah, I did. I've always hated these scenes like that. Anytime I've seen a, 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 a prison scene or whatever where they always, always make the guards seem like assholes. Yes, these people are in prison. Yes, they may have committed crimes. But why are you treating them like animals? Right. Why are you doing this? 
because it makes you feel good? Is that why people, is that why a lot of people are becoming um, prison wardens? Because you feel small at home and this is the only place where you can, you know, exact your your authority mm-hmm. over people in an abusive fashion. Right. So, of course, like we said before, eventually he decides he just doesn't want to go to his parole hearings at all, period. Yeah, this... This and this is the turning point where it's just like this is somebody who's given up completely. Right. You're like you know what? He's accepted the situation. Yeah, he's accepted. Like that's like I'm just you know whatever. Yeah. Just. And on the yard, he runs to Mateus Reyes again, who apparently this dude has found Jesus inside of prison. Brandon. So the, let me let me see if I can. So because like the like the whole reason that they got out of. But he got out of prison and uh, everyone else got their commissions overturned because this one guy had to find Jesus on his own and confess to everything. So, Brandon, this is, I have to, I have to admit, and I, I, I feel slightly ashamed, but I turned that shit off. When, when that guy started talking about Jesus mm-hmm. and I realized who he is, because it wasn't, it wasn't in the scene where they fight. Right, it's, it's, it's years later. It's, it's here. That's when I realized uh-huh. who this guy is going to be. All right. Because yeah, I turned it off. Yeah. I, I was like, no. Nope. 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 I refuse. And so what ends up happening is that he ends up confessing to the case. And it goes all the way back up, you know, to like New York um, um, Police Department. Where Famke Jansen. Where Famke Jansen pulls out everything in the notebook and realizes that what's, what's happened. And she is assigned to her. And so this is the part that sort of kind of gets glossed over a little bit in this production because this brush is more about the personalities of the kids and becoming adults and everything and their troubles, hardships. So you do show us Matthias Reyes committing the um, the, the uh, rape and the assault. And, I didn't need to see that. Yeah, and beating the woman in the head. They need to see that. And stealing the Walkman and walking away. And the thing is that they never thought like to look for the Walkman. They never thought to look for you know. They arrested him on some other crimes in this within yeah, the same because time. because he's in prison for yeah, a reason, right? Right? Because he because he was uh, he was a serial rapist. Yeah, he was he was doing this is not this is not his first rape. No, Let's just put it out there, guys. Yeah, he was a he was a serial rapist. He he was he was serving. I want to say he was serving four life terms for raping um, another woman. Um, uh, I, I forgot the name, but it, but it was a Spanish name. Um, and so, raping and murdering. Yes. But like, and they realized that basically what Femke Jensen tells the um, police departments, y'all, she tells the um, uh, Felicity Hoffman, y'all fucked up. Y'all, y'all didn't investigate this. Y'all were too busy trying to get these boys convicted that, you know, you, um, you, you, Missed all of these connections to this um this this very similar crime. And then and Felicity Hoffman's character had the fucking nerve, Brandon, mm-hmm. to counter with her bullshit soapbox bullshit. And then she pushes further and tells Famke Johnson's character, even if you try, whatever, whatever kind of Boy Scout thing that you're out here trying to do. It's too late. And I was, that's when I was like, you're a true villain. You need to go. Mm-hmm. You need to go. She's like, you just found a, a sixth person. I, we never yeah, thought it was she's just like, him. Oh, that just proves nothing. It just proves that you just found the last person who, who wasn't on this crime. Right. And, I just, and then Felicity, <laughs> Felicity, Felicity is like, 
Do you hear yourself? Right. Do you even understand what you're saying? Because she was like, thanks for buying my books. Like, so when she bought the books so she could meet, they could meet. And it was like, but but uh, no, we're not changing anything. So what ended up happening, of course, is that eventually they did have to push it through and reinvestigate the crime. Uh, and, and during the reinvestigation, they had to pull out all the DNA evidence and retest everything and, the, and compared to Mateus Reyes's DNA, and it, it was all matches. And it turned out he was telling the truth. But David, then, like, it's not this is not covered in this in the um in the series. Mm-hmm. Even then, the New York PD didn't want to believe that the boys were innocent. They just assumed what, like, like, like. Um, like Linda Fairstein said, that the boys were accomplices. But eventually, yeah. it became very clear through, you know, evidence, even though the, a couple of doctors were like, well, maybe that Mateus Reyes acted alone. He was the only assailant and that these 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 five boys were innocent. And so they basically um, wiped their slates clean of the convictions, which means that Corey Wise got out of prison at this time and the others had already served their time. Mm, they was already out. They was already out long For now. years. Yeah. So they end up suing the state. Um, let me see, it was New York City or New York State? I think it was New York City. I'm about to look it up right now if we can be certain, because this also is not covered. They basically jumped from that to more, everybody finding out on TV what happened, yeah. and then they, they jump another decade ahead to like 2014 when the case was settled, and they... And they um, um, so they had to wait 10 years. Yes, they had to wait 10 years. That's not covered in the thing. Like, okay. it was... 10 years of fighting with the New York City because New York City did not want to pay a dime. They thought... Um, Can you imagine? Yeah. So what I want to get is how much money they, had, they sued the city for because it was way more... They sued for way more than they got, which is always what happens, right? You know? Uh, let's see. Let me just make sure. I would, that have gotten, I, I would have gotten my money. Yeah, they sued for two hundred fifty million dollars. Um, but it was it was just Kevin Richardson, Raymond Santana, and Antron McRae. Just the three of them sued for the money, and the others. But everybody ended up getting money, right? But like, uh, what happened was that uh, the case dragged on for ten years because uh, Michael Bloomberg, who was the Democratic mayor of New York City, yeah, they sued New York City. Um, he thought they could win in court. Because remember, they gave those tape confessions mm-hmm. and they signed and they waived their rights. So he felt like they could win in court. And the case dragged on and on. So when Bill de Blasio, the one, the mayor, who's the current mayor who's married to the black woman with, mm-hmm. the, black, with the mixed kids, when he became um, president, when he became mayor of New York City, he, uh, he was like, we should settle this case. And so they settled the case for about $40 million. So the um, so the four who had already got out, they each got seven point one million, and then Corey Wise got twelve point two million. So basically, they, they got roughly a million dollars for every year they were in prison. Listen, let me tell you something. I would have gotten my money. Said fuck New York City. What? Well, well, you well, you saw the epilogue, right? Fuck America. <laughs> I mean, I would have taken my ass and gone to another country. Right. Because- they- because this country, this country has failed those five boys royally. Yeah. They so I would have fucked all the way off to the United Kingdom. Yeah, like they they um have 
a second lawsuit that I think is still pending. It's ridiculous. Against the city. And the city also awarded them each like $500,000 each in addition to what was um, the thing. But yeah, they're, they're pursuing $52 million more. Because, I, I mean, it was just... It's extremely fucked up. So the the main the main series ends with you know like the whole Legend of Central Park Five thing when they have finally settled the cases and they do like the thing with the epilogue titles where they show you that well three of them said fuck it and moved here. <laughs> they moved to Atlanta. Of all places. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I don't want to be in this country anymore. I, I, I will put you. I would put an ocean between me. And this country. Right. Y'all are just ridiculous. This is insane. Oh, my God. No. Yeah, like, so Raymond Santana, Youssef, and I think it was Kevin Richardson all live in the Atlanta area. Mm. Antron McCrary. I but, don't want to see No, that. no, Antron McCrary is one. Uh, Kevin Richardson lives in New Jersey, I think they said. And then Dude. Corey Wise still lives in New York. Why would you even go back there? Dude, I, if I ever saw another American, it would be too soon. I, I mean, I'm sorry. The reason it's I remember almost... that Antron lived, moved to Georgia because he he moved to Virginia during the course of the mini. Like, his character moves to Virginia during the course of the miniseries. He just kept going south, <sighs> further away from New York. I just, I just, I don't want to see. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I love my people, but I don't want to see anybody. anybody. I don't want to see any American. I don't. Don't tell me you meet me in in the UK. Don't tell me where you're from. I don't want to know. Is what I'm trying to say, because. Even my own people, you saw what they did. Mm-hmm. They did him wrong. Black correctional officer, white correctional officer. It doesn't really matter. You black know, inmates, you got, got hit by, you got, you got, you got beat up by black inmates, white inmates. You know, the people part of the part of the the jury, you know, black, white, Latino, whatever, all kinds. Mm-hmm. America failed you. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm taking my shit. I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. Right. I would not stay here. No. This is in. just. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. The fact that this woman and and then you sold books. You were hailed as somebody. You know the justice system should. And then there was a TV series. God damn it, Brandon. There's a TV series. TV series still goes mm-hmm. on, by the way. Still on. Still on the air. And so in October 2016, when Trump campaigned for the presidency, which he got, motherfuckers, uh, he said that Central Park Five were still guilty and that their convictions had not been vacated. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do this. And he still got elected president. Still. After that. And I'm not going to do this because that is another... That is another slap in my face. You're basically pissing in my mouth now. So I'm definitely leaving this country. I mean, really though? The guy who all those years ago went on TV, um, put like these um, pieces in, in, in multiple publications, campaigning and advocating for me to get the death penalty. Right. Right? Based off of what he's not even, he's just a public figure. He's not an investigator. He's not a police. He has nothing to do with law enforcement. And he, because he has a platform, because he's popular, he got on his platform and advocated for my death. But that guy is still the person that you all decided to 
Because when Trump was 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 campaigning, uh-huh. everything, of course, everything that Trump ever did in his life would brought to light. And of course, they brought up the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. They right? sure did. They sure did. Because by that time, by that time, these guys already, they proven innocent, whatever. So we brought back up again. Did absolutely nothing. Nothing, so, nothing yeah, at all. From marching his... Nothing at all. His hideous white ass into that white Nothing house. at all. So that just proves to me, if I was part of the Central Park Five, that just proves to me, this country is trash. And I'm leaving. And I'm, it, it's time to go. Take your money and go. Yeah, I was going to... So they're apparently... catch me here. No. They're apparently making an opera by the Central Park Five. What did you just say? An opera. <laughs> opera. It premieres in Long Beach, California in, in the summer. Are the proceeds going to... I would assume so, yes. Oh. Oh, because... Because I'm sorry, um, my life is not a... It's not... It's not an opera. It really isn't. It's already painful enough to probably... Right. I'm pretty sure none of these boys watched this. There was I, no reason for them to watch it. They lived it. Um, Ava, I mean, good... So that's Good also another Ava, part. So, but a lot of my friends—I don't know if you've seen this—but a lot of my friends um, refuse to watch it. They have a lot of them have said, "Well, what we're doing is this: we're just going to turn it on in like the upstairs bedroom or whatever, or in the bedroom TV, and let it play so that it gets the the number, the viewing number, so that they don't think that black people just ain't watching this stuff. Mm. But they don't want to see it because a lot of them were of a old enough age to know to be aware to be aware of it and have seen it happen before their eyes and they don't want to relive it yeah people aren't trying to relive this no that was for black people I can only imagine how painful that was to see all this unfold around Mm -hmm. you and then and then to find out all these years later in your adult age that these guys were actually innocent even though you you probably believed them before, mm-hmm. but then you find out that these guys are actually innocent. And then all these you know, years pass, and then now it's brought back up again. Why did Ava, by the way, choose to? Um, why did she choose this particular project? Let's find out. What what's? I mean, it, it it aligns with you know her activism and everything. True, but I wonder what spurned her for this one. What what? Why did this one take priority? Let me see. I'm going to look it up. Um, do you want to say anything else while I'm looking this up and trying to figure out um, what happened? This story, this story just just proves that. I mean, I hate, I hate thinking about it, but truly, truly, some people ain't shit. Like it's just, it's just evil. Like the idea that it's aggressively evil. It's just. She was no obvious dramatization, obviously. So I don't know. Yeah, but woman, you're you're aggressively evil. And she apparently she didn't want the producers to meet the Central Park Five. Uh, bitch. What? what? Oh yeah, but also I should also point out uh, that Ava doesn't like. She she says they're not the Central Park. They're not the Central Park Five. Because that was the label put on them by the media. A lot of people just called them the Exonerator Five instead. Uh, let's see. I'm just reading through. Like They interviewed her for... Oh, it's a 20-minute audio interview with The New Yorker. I can't really do an audio interview right now. 
Okay, here we go. Entertainment Weekly. And Ava DuVernay goes deep on her new Netflix series, When They See Us. There's Ava. Don't call her auntie. She doesn't like her being called auntie. Why, uh, why, why, do, we, why do people call her auntie again? You know, black people call everybody who's like an, an elder that's not their mother auntie. American black people. She's, she's well, and also a Dominican black people too, because you know, you have a whole lot of you know play uncles and play aunties. Stop calling them that. That's not. That's weird. All right. Apparently, Raymond Santana wanted Ava to make this. He asked her to make it. Wow. After she made Selma. He um he she says he tweeted me and asked what's your next film gonna what's gonna be your next film after Selma Central Part Five of question mark so I DM him back and said does no one have your story and he said no so I said well I'll be in New York in a few months maybe we'll get it together and so she spoke to everybody she started researching it and because of course because Netflix basically told Ava. Hi, Ava, we like you. You can make whatever you want for whatever us. Whatever you want. And so 13th came first, and then this came after that. Whatever you want. Just like, yeah. You're good for it. But yeah, it just, it it burns, Brandon. It burns to watch um, something like that unfold. It It burns because, like, we all have parents and to the impact it must have had on the, the, the stress they must have had on these parents too and the, the 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 relatives of these people you know I also wonder what the the parents that were portrayed in not so good of a light um I wonder what they have to say about that too. I feel like every parent in the end, like everybody, every parent has like the bad ones. All have an art that leads them to goodness in the end, because they don't. Because um, Corey Wise's mother ends up finding religion, and she turns her life around because she was like dealing drugs and stuff and everything like that too. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, it's Sante Black who play, plays young Kevin. Mm-hmm. This is his first production of anything. He was a school child in Baltimore. But yeah. Oh, what was that? It's work. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she talks about how they, she made a conscious choice to have the Donald Trump thing only use his actual voice and his actual words rather than trying to bring in like an actor to play Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Play, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, she got she got the recordings and everything. Right. But yeah. Yeah, like this was it was a very, very like emotionally like I can understand Heavy. why a lot of people were trying to avoid it. Yeah. Um, but I would say, if possible, try to watch at least some of it, I would say. So, but I mean, or at least read up on it. So yeah. If you don't know about it, read up on it, you know. Right. At least inform yourself so that way you are you are better, you, you know, you are... Better informed. 
of just I guess how terrible people can be. Yeah, I, I think know. I think in the end it will it will benefit you um, to at least to understand the state of of this country then and then use that to to basically further your understanding and how you make decisions for yourself and the people in your community now. Right. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find our show at SSMPodcast.com. You can find us across all social media at the handle at SSMPodcast. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, or wherever else podcasts can be found. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Say Something Nice Podcast. I am Brandon. This is Ollie. And we'll see you guys next time.